listen to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Aid Blackburn, uh, who's the singer of Clinic. I've been a fan of Clinic for a very long time now, pretty much the entire length of their career, going back to the late 90s. Very distinct and cool band. Uh, a lot of our conversation is going to kind of get into understanding some of the methods and uh, ideas behind the band. Uh, this episode is a little bit shorter than usual, partly because uh, when we were recording this, for, for some technical reason I don't actually fully grasp, Aid was extremely faint in my headphones. So I it was, it was a little tricky to even have the conversation because I'm just like straining to hear him and make sure I'm, I'm following before answering uh, before getting to other questions. So uh, any any awkwardness really kind of comes down to that technical issue, but it sounds fine, you know. So that's that's what matters to you guys. Um, but yeah, uh, it was really cool to talk to Aid and uh, Clinic's new uh, record is called Fantasy Island. It is in stores October twenty second uh, via Domino Records. Uh, look it up. Go go buy a copy check it out whatever you're gonna do listen to it uh i'm, I'm particularly fond of the the first single from the record it's called fine dining but uh let's get into it this is aid blackburn hello aid uh can you tell the audience who you are and what you do i am um... A Blackburn from uh, the Liverpool band Clinic, and I sing and play a few different instruments, a few bits and bobs. And you have a, you have a new record that's coming out called Fantasy Island. That's right. Yeah, we've got um, the next album uh, coming out on the twenty second of October. So not long. Is this your eighth or ninth album? Uh, yeah, it's the ninth album, and um, it's uh, we the first album we did was in two thousand. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a fair while. So I was um, I, I've been a fan of your band since I think it may have been actually slightly before Internal Wrangler when the the first EP CD came out, collecting those first three singles. And yeah, like your band has always been very, very enigmatic. So uh, there's there's a lot of like things I'm I'm very curious about um, on, on kind of a macro level of how you work. But I, I feel like the first question yeah. I should ask, just because I feel like this would be front of mind for a lot of people, is your band is, is very famous uh, for wearing the the, the uh, surgical masks. And I'm curious what it's like for you in the past year or so. Where now everyone wears these masks. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not something, obviously, that you, you'd ever imagine happening. You know where where they become so commonplace, and uh, I mean with with the pandemic, we haven't actually done any any gigs. You know, we haven't played live, so so really, it it, it hasn't come into it too much for us. I mean we. When, when we decided to do the uh, photographs for this album, we thought we'd sort of do it with a slightly different 
twist on the masks, you know, rather than just doing your, your sort of standard thing. Uh, but it has, yeah, like like everything, it's it's just kind of turned things upside down, hasn't it? You know, and it's feel like you're still kind of coming to making sense of it now. Yeah, I imagine people have probably in your life have pointed this out to you quite a bit. That you were ahead of the curve yeah, on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, trailblazers <laughs> with it. Um, so w- one of the things that I've always really liked about your band, that it's kind of um, like the, the thing that uh, John Peel said about the fall, where it's always different, but always the same. And I'm curious uh, if that was an intention on your end to have like this kind of very identifiable aesthetic that is always pulling in new things. It was because uh, it was. I mean, it was really important to start off with, you know, that we had a lot of things in place, you know, from the sounds of the records. You know, we we knew that we wanted uh, that, you know, that that sort of early reverby type of sound that we used, and also with the visuals and, like you're saying, with the the uh, the surgical outfit. So it was. Um, because it was quite well defined from the off that then it was a case of kind of, as you say, incorporating things into that, you know, rather than uh, completely changing things for each album. When did you realize like how malleable the clinic aesthetic was? Uh, I, I realized quite early on because, um, I mean, we, we'd approached it, being kind of big sort of fans of sort of primitive and rock and roll based music that I thought to begin with that it it was that you you know we'd we'd be roughly be sticking to that as the blueprint for it. But I, I think it's actually more to it than that. It's just that it's kind of approaching the music so you, you kind of it's got that sort of punk urgency to it but not just resort into that sonically. So I think once you realise that, you know, just to have that kind of approach where you're not having things like big solos or it's like self-indulgent type of music, that that really seemed like you could apply that to anything. And I think, say, for instance, on Fantasy Island, it's got some of, a couple of musical-sounding songs. And, um, you know, I think, you, you can easily apply the same thing to that. You know, it's it's making sure it's got a kind of primitive sort of base to it, I think.
like the the songs uh especially early on where you would have these kind of more uh ballad like uh dub like songs i like like a song like kimberly or uh mr moonlight like that that edge of the discography where you have these kind of uh floating ballad songs uh was that i mean i just because that's you know part of it from early on um yeah because that was always in like kind of a strong contrast with the more like as you're saying like the primitive punk stuff um what was the initial uh influence there what what made you uh want to have that balance from the get-go uh I, well the the bands that uh i think i'd always admired myself uh i think always seemed to have that ability you know to be able to do uh melodic songs as well as raw sounding songs uh so you know things have grew up with like the velvet underground and um uh and i also I, I was early on we were listening to a lot of girl groups you know phil Spector. um so the the kind of melody and pop music side of it was always there and i i think that that really helped to set it apart. You know, there wasn't just totally reliant on noise, you know, that they, as you say, have it, having the sort of ballads as well made it more unexpected, you know, and felt not as easily to just, e- easy to just dismiss. Are all of the members of your band like uh, major record collectors? Because it seems like a lot of what you've always been doing has been kind of based on exploring like you know the different records that might come your way as you're just saying with the girl groups and like how uh like how deliberate does it get does it become a, a matter of someone bringing in a record and be like oh we should do something that feels a little like this uh it's quite that that could happen sometimes but that that would be quite rare i th- i think it's more that you know that that everyone's kind of minds are open to to listening to those type of things. You know, they'd say, um, I mean, we were, we'd be just listening to music all the time, but it, it, it wouldn't, I've never been bothered about, you know, what's meant to be cool or whatever. So, you know, I, I, a lot of music I like as well as sort of old chart music, you know, so one hit wonder type of things as as well so i think it, it was just great that it, when we started clinic it just seemed like a, anything went really you could have the pop side or or the sort of primitive side so I, I wouldn't say we were record collectors i think we were more just sort of music listeners but with a massively sort of broad base to it did dj culture have any influence on you in, in the sense of uh, the way like certain things be cut together or I, there's, there's there's certainly songs earlier on and I don't know maybe a little bit later too but the ones that the examples that really come to mind are early on where you're more directly quoting uh another song I'm thinking of like the second line or the way uh in distortions like you're you're directly or semi-directly quoting uh the Lou Reed song uh, I think it was Candy Says uh yeah that, that's right yeah that kind of approach uh was how deliberate was that uh, was there any kind of philosophy going into that uh it it wasn't 
a real deliberate philosophy with it, you know, as to say we that that was a big part of the style uh, to, to incorporate other sort of bits of music or, you know, to, to lift bits from places. I think it, it was it was really because we were still quite um, naive, really, and I, which I quite like, you know, that it was just something that uh, more just suited what, what the song was. You know, I, it, it wasn't a kind of, as I say, a, a way of thinking we've got to have a certain amount of this into it or that'll work for an intro. I think it was a lot more uh, haphazard than that probably. artists have become more litigious uh about this stuff like you know obviously uh you know what happened with uh i don't think it was i think ed sheeran is a good example or like the guy uh, what's it robin thick these are like pretty ho- high profile examples of people having to hand over credit um has any of this ever happened to you or, or is this are you kind of under the radar enough that this hasn't really been a factor uh no it hasn't it hasn't happened with us and I, I think it probably a large part of that is because it was under the radar you know as you say I, I, I think even at the time um so when we did uh those first two albums that uh it still wasn't really big enough i think for, for people to to scrutinize it in that type of way I, I think as well you know that in the 90s um that seemed really quite almost like they're fashionable, you know, and that, that a lot of people were doing that type of thing. But it, it has really changed now, hasn't it? I, th- I think you know people's views of it are quite different. How has the uh, the process of of creating clinic records changed over time? Um, is, is it relatively consistent, uh, or do you go do you really intentionally shake things up? Yeah, we really try. I mean, with with each album, we'd always try and incorporate new instruments each time. Uh, you know, and that, that so we really needed 
to have some new sounds for each album as a as a starting point. And I, th- I think, say, going back to Free Rain, which is 2012, I think, say, then we'd started to try and get away from just doing shorter songs on that album. You know, the, the songs were a fair bit longer and more sort of jammed. So, I mean, we, we've we, we've kind of uh, played around with the, with the sort of nuts and bolts of it, but I, I think it it always comes back to that kind of shorter type of songs anyway, you know, more, more of that sort of urgency to them. What was the brief going into Fantasy Island? We um, really wanted it to be a kind of bright, colourful album, you know, even aside from the uh, the title and and sleep before we'd had the title and or anything we 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 just wanted it to be i mean we, we've we've always kind of been got criticism for being either a bit dark you know or a bit sort of uh perhaps a bit negative so just thought it was quite fun to do like a full-on more sort of uh day glow sounding album and see what happens really It's funny you say that because I think uh, it just kind of made the record feel darker to me. <laughs> like there's a there's a real like a, this there's always kind of this like sleazy vibe that comes up in your music, but it seems really concentrated on this one. I think it's, I mean especially in the first single, that one has a real menacing feeling to it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that is true uh, that it's. If if say if I, I've always felt when we've got uh, say the song working at its best, you know whether the melodies work and it all fits well, that that can make it darker again because it's it, the, the contrast is a bit sharper. You know it's clearer that you're kind of listening to something which is a bit poppier, but then has been mangled in <laughs> in some way. You know so maybe that that makes it more obviously like you notice the darker elements. often have like lyrical concepts in mind uh, as well as the musical concepts uh, I, I wouldn't say anything sort of really mapped out but I, I do have uh, I suppose certain, yeah, certain themes that you'd return to uh, I mean well, I'd, I'd say one of the big sort of themes of Fantasy Island was, was uh, really still trying to enjoy yourself you know despite what's going on you know not not to just be defeated by 
by things. So I, I, I think it was it was kind of not just like a, a mindless uh, enjoy yourself kind of thing. It, it was uh, still being aware of what's what the problems are and what everyone's facing, you know, but not to just give up on things. Uh, through your career, like how important are the lyrics to you? Um, it, like, have you, how, how has your uh, relationship with writing lyrics changed over through time? Um, it has, I, I mean, to start off with, say we, we'd use songs, uh, we'd use the lyrics in just a rhythmical type of way on some of the songs you know, using uh, nonsense words on, on some songs and uh, just in a more playful type of way. But then it would mix that up with some, say, uh, autobiographical type lyrics. Um, but I, I felt that we, we kind of took that as far as we could. I, I'd say more recently that um, I've probably been including more detail in lyrics or more specific references, whereas I'd say then it was more on a lot of songs just going on the sound of the words. As a listener, I've always appreciated the way your lyrics could kind of go between the kind of seeming nonsense or, you know, just purely musical sound and then just having a few lines that will just really cut through. Um, off the top of my head, the one that I'm thinking of, that I was listening to recently is Orangutan from, uh, I think that's from Bubblegum. And yeah. that has that, you know, a bunch of lines that don't necessarily have uh, hit your ear with like a logic, but then I'll have like, you live your life in fantasy. And I think this between this, the sentiment of that and, and the way you sing it in it, it, it always kind of hits very hard. Yeah, that's, that's exactly uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, what, what kind of, lyricist do you like as a fan like what what are you drawn to um i'm i'm drawn to quite, quite a varied so i i i love someone like um tim harden's lyrics you know just, just for that absolute honesty to it and a bit very kind of matter of fact but the the, the kind of emotions to them seem very real, you know, very very raw emotions. So I I like something like that, and you know that um, I, I get things like um, a girl group type of lyrics, you know, boy girl lyrics, are, and then from that to something more sort of cut up and surreal, like Captain Beefheart. You know, Cap, those early sort of Captain Beefheart things are always got quite a big influence lyrically. Um, well, that, that is what, what you're saying, where it, it would have a few lines which might throw you and then something that has the impact. Uh, that, that was kind of something I took that from uh, Richard Brautigan, and, and he, he was quite an influence on on my writing. Uh, you know, to, to the way he, I think he'd work it, it'd be to have some nonsensical lines and then a, a third one would be, something that, that really kind of shook you and then the fourth one back to nonsense or you know some other variations on that
that you write that you know might strike you know the lay person as nonsense but you know you're writing in code or writing things you know for for you to understand as you sing it but not necessarily for the audience yeah there's there's plenty of that to it and there's plenty of kind of maybe references to liverpool things or you know you know people that we know or situations which other people wouldn't pick up on but just like bits of slang or you know our own nicknames for things you know stuff like that have you have you lived in liverpool your whole life yeah i have lived lived in liverpool my whole life uh i, I think traveling around uh you know that, that that was that was great to see other places i i feel especially now with the way things have gone politically that I'm really glad, at least in England, that I live in Liverpool. It, it seems to be a bit more of a, a kind of left-wing enclave, you know, a bit like one of the few places left in the country. Um, so one of the things that I've, I find very enviable about your band is that you've had a, a very high level of consistency in terms of lineup. You've, you've pretty much the whole time have been on the same record label. Um, so, look, how have you been able to kind of keep that steadiness through all this time? Uh, it's um, it, it it hasn't been easy. Um, probably, well, again, when when it started, that no one was really doing it to become well-known you know or, or for that kind of like superficial reasons i think everyone was, was just genuinely fans of music and that that means it's always something that you can go back to that and you've got that that common ground so uh i, th- I think and plus we've also had periods where we've kind of taken breaks from it or at least like say a break of it a year or or two so you you know it's you just got to really be aware of everyone else's circumstances it, it also strikes me that uh you got very lucky with domino it seems that they very they understand you and also really stand by you through all this time like a lot of artists really don't get quite so lucky in that uh, label sense no no that's true and uh seemed like they they understood you know they had a really good understanding of of what we were about from from the beginning, um, and it's, it almost seems like it couldn't have worked, you know, if we, if we just if it happened halfway through, say for instance, and we moved to a label like Domino, it just worked so well because they've been able to help kind of nurture it and 
see it through from the from the start. It's meant that we've regularly been able to release albums. You know, I I, I, I just can't imagine you doing that on on say the majority of, of other labels around. You know, I don't I don't think we would have lasted this time. Do you see clinic as something that you're just going to do indefinitely? Uh, just as like this is just like what you guys do. Or is it something that in your mind could be more finite? It it could be either really, uh, because I mean what we always gauge it on is just whether you're feeling good about the music. Um, we're, we're pretty sort of harsh critics of ourselves. So I for instance I I, I couldn't go into I couldn't do another album if I didn't really feel that the music wasn't strong enough. So it, it would always be determined by that. You know, I, I just wouldn't have the interest to think, oh, well, let's just release something so it'll allow us to do some gigs, you know, or just to keep the ball rolling. You know, I, I'd never do that. Like, what is the, the plan coming into uh, the, the next year? Will we, we be able to tour in the United States or outside of uh, England and Europe? Uh, hopefully. I mean, that's that's what uh, we'd be aiming to do is to tour sort of outside of here, you know, in the, in the first half of next year. Uh, I mean, it seems, I, I don't know what, have you had much shortages and, and problems with, deliveries and stuff in the states um it, it sort of depends on what it is um yeah. my understanding and this is, this is a little vague it's kind of just from things i've picked up is that it's become very like all, all the barriers and all the things that would make touring uh as a european in the united states seems to have become much more complicated like even beyond uh matters of, of the pandemic yeah. Have you experienced anything like that? It just seems like everything has just become much more complicated. Yeah, I I know that before the pandemic, uh, it got harder from a tax point of view. You know, with what you had to to pay to, to actually uh, to allow you to do the tour and hiring things and everything, it it become a lot more expensive to do. Uh, I think that, that we were still just about able to do that, but then probably with the pandemic, you know, that, that gives you a whole new set of problems to work on. So um, I, th I think it might take people like a, a year or two for this whole thing, you know, to, to, to work out the best way and, and, and the most sort of uh, financially viable way of being able to do it. Uh, so, I mean, so... 
for us as well it's um it'd be quite hard for us to to do shows in europe even you know with leaving the eu so <laughs> it just seems like it, everything's conspiring against you the last few years when was the last time you played in the united states i think the last time i remember seeing you was probably around 2013 yeah, it was 2013. Yeah, I think it'd be February 2013. Uh, yeah, that, that's quite a long time now, I guess. It's like get, you know, getting up towards a, a decade. Yeah, I know. It's such a long time, isn't it? And, um, it's, uh, I mean, when, when we did that, we'd, uh, what would that be? I think that was our uh, seventh album then, yeah. So we, we, we took like a couple of years uh kind of break and did other things and then it seemed like when he came back to it it was a whole new set of uh sort of elements to it do, do you all have the complication of also uh having uh like regular jobs to that kind of need to be put on hold etc um yeah well everyone does uh bits of work um and i, I think because we've done it for a long time as well, that we can, you know, work ways that you can fit around that and still allow you to tour. Um, but again, that that'll probably get a bit, a bit harder to sort out. You know, now the whole sort of things changing and perhaps like, you know, so it's <laughs> it's really anyone's guess, really. Well, I, I really hope that uh, you can come through New York at some point in the future. It's It's been quite a long time, and your band has always been very exciting to see. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will sort, be able to sort it out. I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty determined, you know, so we, we normally find ways around things. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, how can people uh, find Clinic on the, the internet and all of that? Uh, well, we're... Uh... Twitter is uh, at Clinic Foot, um, so I think that's that's the best best one there. And um, yeah, I, th- I think you know I was saying we're on on Domino Records, so yeah, check it out by, by Domino as well. So uh, yeah, there's plenty of it on the internet. Mm-hmm.